Welcome to Coffee Calm Connections podcast. I'm Sarah Myerskoff and this is my mission to find some balance in my own crazy chaotic world. You'll hear from people like me, people like you, with real life stories, opinions from mental health professionals and subject matter experts, as well as ideas, tools and confirmation that we really are all juggling the same balls, albeit in different ways. I'll test the ideas and together we can overcome custard brain, crippling worry and overwhelm and hopefully find just a little bit of peace and enjoyment. Good morning, Sam. Thank you very much for joining me on uh, Coffee Calm Connections podcast this morning. I'm excited to hear what you've got to say. I think we've got a lot of uh, um, alignment in terms of mentalness uh, in a good way, and I think I've got a lot to learn from you. So welcome. Do you want to give us an intro as to who Sam Cleaver is? Yeah, and thank you very much for having me. Um, So Sam Cleaver, I am Coach Sam Cleaver. I've just rebranded to a coach kind of plus symbol, which you'll see dotted about. Um, it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, most people can find me at coachsamcleaver.com or my Instagrams, Facebooks, LinkedIn. I'm pretty much everywhere on the internet as just Coach Sam Cleaver. So you'll see me dotted about. Um, but yeah, I've been a coach now for, I think it's been about eight years. Um, about a year and a half in, two years in, I decided to go down a specific female route to learn all about you know female biology, female health, uh, female metabolism. And yeah, it's kind of, it's taught me on some weird and wonderful journeys, meeting some crazy people who have taught me some alternate things, but um, things which ultimately have always been of value because they've helped me change so many lives. So it's it's pretty cool. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today too. Absolutely. And feel free to use me as a case study in our conversation because... I'm obviously female, or at least I hope it's obvious, uh, and I'm um, really on this kind of weird journey myself, and I've been on it for years, but I really want to, there's no silver bullet, there's no quick fix, and I strongly believe that most of what uh, goes on in my world, and I think maybe others, is uh, mental, which has an effect on physical metabolism we were just talking prior to this podcast about breathing i think i think the the loops we get caught in and i don't know it's chicken or an egg scenario uh can often be you know us getting in the way of ourselves so tell me kind of where you start what kind of sort of big pillars you you look for when you start with a with a client yeah so i mean to, to start with a client it's it's pretty simple and it's like I've always imagined it like I got got a quite a weird brain. I always imagine things like video games or movies or like this hero journey or something. And for me, I've got like when you look at a coach, um, the most basic coach will look at the basic things like calorie deficits. Everyone knows about a calorie deficit: eat less, move more, and get your calories right and, and exercise. That's it. So initially, we should always just look at the basics. And every client I work with will do that too because. I'm not concerned what you've done previously of other coaches because what we do is different and that's why we get the results we get. So I need to make sure we cover the basics very, very well. And the basics are simple. Are we moving? Are we eating? Are we training? Simple as that. You know, if we can get those down perfectly, then, well, not perfectly, but enough, then we've got enough momentum now to add the fancier stuff and start to look outside of the uh, realm of a traditional PT, if that makes sense. So... The first thing is, okay, are we eating enough calories? Are we getting enough food in? Are we eating um, mostly whole foods? You know, I like the 80-20 rule just to give, it's it's nice because it gives you some flexibility. It's normal, especially in this day and age, but it's achievable too. Um, 
then are we moving you know are we getting 1000 steps a day or are we getting more like 7500 which is what we need to tick a health box from a movement standpoint for human beings so cool now are we training and we want to be training like really three times a week plus but it's not to say that more is better it's just that three times ticks a lovely little box for your health and you can do a hell of a lot within three sessions and if we can make those sessions really good which is where really good coaching programming comes in which is i like to think i'm good at that um that's where you've got the basics done really well if that makes sense that's where you start so when you say training three times a week and this is a question for personal uh, again uh what half an hour 45 minutes an hour it's a good it's a good question it's a good question so it's kind of opened a kind of at the same time but um when you look at programming well as a coach we, we need to look far beyond, and this, this will tie into the overall picture too, really, the, the bigger picture stuff. But when we program as a coach, you've got to look way beyond just um, muscle tissue. Am I working her body three times per week, her full body? Am I doing a bit of legs and a bit of this and a bit of that? Um, you would need to look at the bioenergetics behind it. What energy systems are we using? What's the recovery status like? What can we expect her to do and what, what does she actually enjoy doing too? Do you know, it's a big thing. If somebody loves Zumba, I'm going to program some Zumba for her because she loves it. Why would I not? So that's, that's what we need to look at. So the time frame is very much a logistical thing. If you've only got half an hour, three times a week, I'm going to work with half an hour, three times a week. But I'm going to make sure we tick the boxes we need in order to get you there. And that, that may mean we need to improve your aerobic energy system, your anaerobic, your alactic, your glycolytic pathway. It could be all these fancy words in between, but we're trying, or I'm trying as a coach, sorry, to look at it and go, what does this individual need the most right now? How can I tick that box based off the parameters she's gave me to work with? Mm. And that's how we are. Well, I'm quite interested um, about aerobic, anaerobic, uh, aerobic, anaerobic, uh, um, activity and the reason I'm interested is twofold one is um, I, I started reading a book called the ultra journey written by uh, Nick Maxlow Maxlow uh, because I'm looking at doing an ultra at some point in the future um, and uh, and it talks a lot about uh, aerobic versus anaerobic in that uh, very scientific based and some of it went over my head a little bit and then as per our previous conversation the, the book I'm reading at the moment about breathing talks about aerobic being the optimum state and actually that's where we should be aiming to be and that gave me um, that gave me some thinking which I thought would be I wanted to ask you about different people in different stages of their lives have different um, abilities and I'm 38 so I don't know menopause is going to be coming for me soon I've got three kids um, my body actually breaks when it's in high intensity areas and when I do that over a prolonged period. So when I was trying to train for the ultra, I just broke mentally and physically. And I think it's because I only feel like I've done exercise if I feel sick at the end, which tells me that I'm mostly in the anaerobic uh, area. So I'm wondering whether there's a um, sort of gender, age, best option and I know it would be very specific for everybody what do you what do you think about the words I've just said <laughs> whether they make any sense <laughs> I'm smiling because I'm loving where this conversation is going but like um there there is no there is no like optimal 
way of doing it for a specific person in this sense, but there is an optimal way to do it for a human being in general. Because the truth is right now, me and you, we are living in the aerobic state right now. So if we think about this, a human being lives 99% of their life in an aerobic state. So would it not make sense to make that aerobic state optimal if you're going to spend the majority of your life in it? Probably does. Now, if we can make it optimal, it means you can produce more energy, you can stop crawling yourself for the day, we can wake up with beans and gas in our belly, you know, we can feel good again, we can get a spark in our eyes, our tissue can regenerate quicker, our tissue can restore itself quicker. Our ability to lose body fat is actually far more effective when we have a better aerobic rate. So if we want to get lean, cool. If we want to stay lean as well, cool. Let's get the aerobic state optimized. Every, everything can come from the aerobic state. Your anaerobic performance will only perform to the level of your aerobic performance too. And that's what the, the, the Nick Muxlow book was, was talking about. And it was, you know, all looking at some kind of watch that tells you the red, the green, the blue, when you're at your various heart rates. And it all got very technical for somebody like me who just, you know, I just wanted to run an ultra and I realized you can't just run an ultra. Um, so um, so let's, let's take a bit of time for this because I'm really interested and I'm interested way outside the boundaries of losing a bit of weight, which I also want to do, way outside of those boundaries. I'm interested in exactly what you're saying. I want my life to be in an optimal state. And so bettering the aerobic state of my body seems key. And I think breathing is critical to that. <clears throat> Talk me through how the, the wider picture of, of optimizing my aerobic state. Cool. The, the way to look at this is, is actually far beyond the aerobic state then. It's about optimizing you as a, as a, well, a human being first and a, and a female and a woman next. You know, because there are, of course, differences between males and females. So we've got to look at optimizing you as a whole. And that's where, like, things can get very complex, you know. But what I'll say just quickly, and this is probably um, very relatable to a lot of people who would listen to this too, is, like... Look what everyone else is doing, and the majority of people, and this is this is no statistical lie, this is genuine truth, most people, and women at that, will do a lot of programs, diets, plans, programs, and PTs for years. A lot of the people I work with, I've done this for a decade, if not two, have struggled to really get to where they want to be so they're content and happy, and they've been chasing their tail for a long time with this. And that kind of indicates to me that if the majority of people are doing roughly the same thing, which is calorie deficits, steady state cardio for a long duration, or HIIT classes, or something which is very general, and people aren't happy at the end of their journey in that thing, it's clearly not working. So my, my little thing for everybody here is like, if you do what everyone else has done, you're probably going to get what they've got, which is not good. I think we can agree on that. Most people are unhappy with how they feel, how they look, and how they're... Uh, state is as such and that's what we need to look at so I think most people that I just want to caveat that slightly because I'm thinking of a few people who have gone on the journey and they do hit classes or they you know they're got into running or and actually that's their that's their me time that's their their mental balance and I think the people that we're specifically talking about the types of people and I'm one of them is the yo-yoers yeah so, you know, when, when the, I, I think there are two types of, there are many types of people, but the two sort of broad categories, yo-yos and um, people that have turned whatever it is into a 
literally into a lifestyle. That's where these people want to be. And I'm in this group and I'm moving to this group. But, you know, I don't think most people, I think most people who are in a yo-yo circle. I, I agree. I agree for the most part. The thing as well, though, is like we often think what we, what we want is actually what we want, but it's actually not. So if we look at it, a lot of people want to become them lifestyle people and see, you know, individuals going to the gym, say, five, six days a week and really enjoying it. But those same people will come onto a call with me and say, you know, I've just, I feel like I'm going, but I'm not really getting what I want from it. And, and that's the thing is, you know, it's a very confusing thing, this whole health and fitness journey. It's very, very confusing. There's lots of conflicting information. And that's often because we've forgot the health in health and fitness. We're just looking at fitness. And that's why, you know, the way... I do things what we're going to you know talking about now is different because we need to look at the health component of this entire thing this entire journey and that includes all the components of health not just um, the mental and not just the physical there's a lot more to it than that talk to me about that the health use me as the the, the yo-yo middle-aged presumably right in your target market what 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 where would you start from a health perspective with me that's, that's fine. So, I mean, like I said, we would start with the basics anyway. You know, we would definitely start with that and establish uh, good groundings there. We have everything considered on that level. We also need to look at food behaviours, what our ideas are surrounding food, what our self-limiting beliefs are, if any. Um, we need to look at our habits, routines and rituals and make sure we nail them down, okay, to make sure that we, we align things correctly. When we look at this journey, what we would initially start on is get very clear on what are you actually after at the end of this because nobody's looking to lose two dress sizes or drop a stone or drop two stone because of what a scale says. We're often looking for something at the end. How do we want to feel? And you've said it exactly right, which is I want to be optimized. You know, I want to, as we said earlier, wake up with, you know, spark in my eyes, all this sort of stuff and just feel bloody awesome every single hour of the day. And if that's what you're after, then we need to get very clear on that and go, okay, what is out of alignment with this? What can we bring into alignment with ease? And what do we kind of need to build in gradually? And that could be our Let's do it. routine. Let's do it now. Okay, My okay. aim is optimizing. Okay. I believe the steps to get there are to um, be more consistent uh, and more balanced because I'm all or nothing. So I go all out, I'm doing an ultra marathon, fall off the thing, do nothing for two months. Uh, I go all out food prepping. I've batch cooked, shed loads of quinoa over the Christmas period. Haven't yet eaten any of it. What are you doing, Sarah? So, so my aim is optimal health. And by optimal health, I'm defining that as I don't want to get to four o'clock and feel like I've got flu. I want to have more energy and I'd like to stay out of bed past 8 p.m. and not panic about getting up at half past five. That's my aim. I want to live longer for my children and be just generally a better focused human. Okay, so with that, bear in mind this would not be everybody because we also need to understand what your values are. Do you know, if I ask somebody to do something, it'd be different to the next person. Even though it would help both people, somebody values something more than the other, right? But I'm going to assume you've just said, I want to be completely optimized and I'm going to do anything you say, Sam. Absolutely anything. I'm like, okay, cool. Right, let's go with it. So the first thing is we'd look to optimize your basic human things, your basic human routines, your eating patterns and your sleep patterns. If we can help you in a very easy way to optimize your eating patterns, your brain is gonna to start to pick up these patterns because your, ba your brain basically is a huge pattern creator as such. It just starts to 
uh, link things to things to make you do something. You know, we have like a million bits of information per minute or second or something, and it gets diluted into 50,000 because our brain cannot cope with so much information right now. So in that sense, where are you eating? Are you eating at a desk? Are you eating in the car? Are you just eating on the move? Well, let's get you an eating zone. Let's actually get you a table where you go and sit and you eat there and nowhere else. Let's do that. Before you do it, let's start to breathe and massage the back of our neck here, massage the back of our ear so we can get our vagal nerve calmed down. So we, we start to de-stress the body, relax our vagal nerve somewhat, allow our gut to actually digest and appropriately break down this food. Now we're in an optimal state for eating. So now we've helped that. Awesome. We look at the food quality itself and look at the foods we need. And it may be that, you know, after some consultation form, some data collection, that you need some thyroid support. In which case, we might throw in some yellowfin tuna, some cod, um, some Brazil nuts, some seaweed as like a little sprinkling which you can buy from a, a company online. And there you go, you've got some thyroid supporting foods, you've got a brilliant eating zone. We've obviously by now we would have understood your food behaviors and worked with that too. Amazing, that's that. <clears throat> we start to do that three meals a day. Your brain will start to pick up when it's time to relax and when it's time to work. And now we can look at it and go, okay, well, now rather than just work, 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 eat, 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 work, 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 your brain now has work, rest and eat, work, rest and eat, work, rest and eat. And now it can start to actually offload and deload some of this stress it's accumulating throughout the day. So that's eating patterns, right? Next, we look at sleep. So let's, let's look at our sleep state now. Are we wearing blue light blocking technology if we're watching TVs and using laptops in the evening? Are we using blue light blockers? No, let's get that on. Can we use some lavender spray to assist uh, with some sleep quality for you know aromatherapy usage? Um, do we need any supplements, things like 5-HTP potentially, maybe even some P5P, maybe? Um, can we use some fancy food? What are those two things? 5-HTP, uh, it's 5-hydroxytryptophan. Um, it's just, when you look at these um, these sleep subs, 5-HTP is the like, MVP of this, and the reason for that is because um, when you, i trying to remember now, that was it. When you have um, tryptophan hit the blood-brain barrier, it will go through, get broken down or synthesized sorry, into 5-HTP. That's going to help increase um, the dopamine and melatonin. Okay, and that will basically assist you with your sleep state. Okay. So it's like a supplement, like a vitamin, rather than sleeping tablets. Exactly that. Exactly that. Okay. There are other ways we can support that too. You know, foods which can uh, help our dark cherries, uh, kiwis, walnuts and pistachios pretty good so yeah things like this you know you might have a little dessert in the evening where you start to have those foods and a bit of yogurt a bit of jam on there tastes quite nice and you get some sleep supporting foods do you see and we've hit two boxes which are pretty low hanging fruit because the thing is you've got to sleep and you've got to eat so let's optimize the two things you have to do it makes the most sense now we've done that now we can start to think okay what's next what's our next move how is your digestion how is your thyroid function looking over the long term how is your um you know your emotional health your, your mental state and stuff do we need to look at that do we need to break down some self-limiting beliefs and work through that now you know because if you're all or nothing like you mentioned earlier there's a reason for that right and, and nobody ever wants to talk about the nitty-gritty stuff until it's there's no other option but the reason we're all or nothing will be because of something and and everyone usually not always but usually is running away from something rather than kind of like accepting it and kind of bringing it with us we kind of like turn a shy eye to it as such one of the things that you said to me like in a different conversation was 
where your goals and your beliefs aren't aligned. So how do we bring the beliefs towards the goals? And I've thought about that quite a lot because I read a a book uh, by Mo Gaudat uh, called Soul for Happy. And he makes the point in there that there's a lot of um, people out there who are goal orientated, but the goalpost is always moved. They tend to be like, you know, entrepreneurial, uh, which I am, or, or, you know, big uh, corporate bosses, and, and it's all relatively uh, push, push, push. And so that got me thinking a bit about what you'd said. And I don't think I need to align my beliefs to my goals. I think I need to align my goals to my beliefs. So it's quite a, a, a it's, it's more than just a, a semantics that, like it's quite a big differential. And that, that really got me thinking. So this all or nothing balance is partly because I'm very goal orientated um, and perhaps just being is, you know, I need to bring those, uh, I need to not align achievement with goal. Mm. There's other ways to, you know, get your sense of achievement. And, uh, and that's something that I'm trying to work on. That and this idea of control are quite big ones for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, ni- there's a nice line, little quote, which sums this up perfectly, which is, you cannot outperform your belief of self. And that's the thing, right? Is Everyone tells me I want to lose weight, I want to be optimized and all this, but deep down, we actually don't believe we can. And the thing is, if you genuinely think that, then you're never going to rise above them expectations. And that's the thing. We need, to, we need to reinforce our belief system to bring that into alignment with what we're actually trying to achieve. You know, every single person, you included, can achieve absolutely anything which you want on a health level, physical level, entrepreneurial level, anything really. But it's just our belief system internally which will stop us. You know, if we genuinely don't think we can do this and do that, then, and that's like very deep-rooted stuff, then we will not rise to the occasion. It's as simple as that. We will start to self-sabotage and we'll start to have this maybe all-or-nothing mentality and we'll put it under the guise of all-or-nothing when in reality it's because we were so close to achieving it, but we don't quite believe it, that actually we just self-sabotage and sack it off. And it is so, that I, I see that self-sabotage um, circle in me, but in loads of people, L- loads of people. It's like we live in a self-sabotage word. And, and what did you just say? What was the quote you just said there? You cannot, you cannot outperform. outperform. Yeah, you cannot outperform your belief of self. That is the title of this podcast. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I think so. The thing is, when we look at it, though, right, we've got to look, again, this is where this all-encompassing, holistic, I say holistic, not holistic, because it's like not hemp trousers and CBD oil. It's actually like <laughs> all-encompassing, right? But like when we look at this, it's we've got to break it down and say, well, why, why would somebody be like that? Do you know? Like, I'm just going to reel off some random stat now. 50% of the world population will have H. pylori at some point, which is a gut parasite. If we have that, then naturally our brain chemistry is going to become more anxious, our anxiety is going to increase, our depression is going to increase, and our belief naturally lowers. So we can't just say to somebody, believe more. <laughs> you, know, believe, you know, pray to the universe that they're going to save you and you'll be fine. That ain't going to work. We need to look at this and go, okay, what's the potential trauma we're dealing with? Um, what are we doing to kind of like support ourselves and overcome this? What biological things do we have going on which are probably counteracting this? And how can we support that too? Do you know? Um, how do you know if you have... Because the, the gut being the second brain is something I've read quite a lot about. Uh, I find it really fascinating. Um, tell me more. <clears throat> cool. So, you know, the thing is, we'll never know 
like 110% unless we have tests carried out. And when I say this, I don't mean um, an NHS blood test, and there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the NHS, by the way. They're just undervalued and underfunded, and it's a crying bloody shame, but they are also a godsend. But unfortunately, NHS blood tests are very small in detail. There's not much. Um, and also the ranges are so big that actually you could have dysfunction, but it wouldn't get picked up. So we want to look at a private blood test of sorts that could identify some things. We could look at stool analysis. We could look at various things along this along this line to give us a 110% answer. Like this is definitely what's going on. Most of the time you don't need that to be honest because it's so obvious. When I have a, a lady jump on board, I'll ask them to complete a consultation form. The form has about 400 questions in there. It's, it's harder than buying a house, it's mental. But when you've got that and I've got that, we can see exactly what's happening, you know? And, you know, we, we may not know if it's H pylori or X, Y, and Z, but we know it's a parasite. And largely the protocol to rid that is the same. So we don't need to do stool analysis to tell us what kind of parasite it is, just that it is one, and we can look to get that out. And what kind of things do you do? And I presume it's probiotics, uh, diet, etc. That's a good question, actually. Good question. So. Um, the most common gut dysfunction in the world is, um, and this is where potentially, I don't know to be honest, uh, where most parasites may come from. The most common dysfunction in the world in the gut is poor HCL, which is basically poor stomach acid. Now, stomach acid breaks down food, but it also sterilizes food. So, you know, when you have pork, for example, pork has a higher chance of parasites because of the way pigs are looked after. Um, this means when you eat that, if you have poor HCL, your HCL can't sterilize this pork correctly now which means you may carry a parasite into the gut and become infected as such. And I'm saying inverted commas there, if that's the correct term. But that may happen. Um, now, what we need to do is go, right, well, how do we support that? HCL, improve it straight away. Let's get some pickled ginger coming in between our meals. Let's get that in. The Japanese have done that for years when they're eating raw fish. Why pickled ginger? Why not just ginger? Um, pickled ginger is a, it's, it's something which will naturally increase that HCL um, acidity as such and activate it somewhat. I don't think I've ever seen pickled ginger. Do you just buy it in a shop? If you've ever had sushi, the, the ginger to serve with, that's pickled ginger. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, I mean, like I say, the Japanese have been doing this for years because they eat sushi, raw fish, which is high parasite potential. And they've been eating raw ginger, uh, sorry, raw ginger, uh, pickled ginger with it for years because they know it works. You know, and this is where we can look outside the realm of traditional medicine and go, well, they've been doing it for probably like a thousand years. Maybe that adds some weight to it, right? So pickled ginger um, or sushi ginger, your call. Um, apple cider vinegar is a great one, not because it helps you lose fat, because it just doesn't, but um, <laughs> it's not the gummies, by the way, I hear that a lot. No gummies, because it just doesn't make any sense, to be honest. But apple cider vinegar in a pint of warm water in the morning, first thing, which actually is not as bad as it sounds, bang that in and your HCL will become a lot more supportive throughout the day, straight away. You know, The next one, as I said earlier to you, was uh, eating pattern. Are we actually chewing our food? I've never met a single person who's chewed their food enough. Like we are all in a rush and just eating way too quick and just not having time to actually be present. Like if you genuinely try and answer this now, when was the last time you sat down, actually thought about the smell, the taste, the texture of your food and chewed it enough? I often sit down and think about how I'm not thinking about that and I'm rushing it. Uh, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> this is it though, right? This is exactly it. It's, it's, 
we need this is the thing we don't necessarily need to do all of this that's one thing i need to make clear now for anybody listening in is you do not need to become some little health guru who's wearing as i said earlier hemp trousers and like praying to the universe for forgiveness or whatever it's not about that it's about finding whatever is applicable to you some things are non-negotiable because you need them right now but you don't need them forever but some things are going to help you but you may not necessarily fit into your day easily without your day becoming an absolute nightmare you know so if somebody is in a rush for example i'm probably going to lean them towards mince meats rather than whole steaks and whole pieces of meat because it's basically pre-chewed meat so let's get that in you don't have to chew as much right Ooh, tasty <laughs> i know really sold that to me <laughs> right it's good <laughs> but yeah smoothies as well are a great one because you just bloody drink them in like 10 minutes and your gut doesn't have to do much to absorb that or assimilate mm. that and whatever else so it's pretty cool too but yeah. There is so much out there, isn't there? Like, and and what I, what I've really enjoyed about this conversation is the holistic nature of it. I think that's a great word um, because I think you're right. Like, I I box everything, so I have a PT twice a week. Um, I have, uh, you, you know, I try and do uh, at least two, if not three, other exercises twice a week, whether it's running or step machine or whatever but it's not consistent, but it's in this little box here. And then over here is what I eat. And then over here is breathing and meditating. And over here is my um, gut bacteria health. And over here is my children's mental health. And, over, and, and actually there's no, it's about the small little changes or tweaks you can make that cover all of those things and benefit all. And I think bringing it all together is, is really important. So I've really, really enjoyed speaking to you about this. This is fabulous. And I'm going to go, my takeaway is I'm going to start drinking apple cider vinegar in a pint of warm water every morning. And I'm going to do it for a month. And then I'm going to let you know how it goes. Maybe we can do another one of these. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, right? One thing I'll just say um, for everybody is like, identify the priorities in all this like you don't need to do all this straight away asking yourself to do some breathing drills when we're not aerobically fit and we're not eating correctly is just crazy it makes no sense find out the priorities find out what you actually are willing to do and that's a very honest conversation with yourself or your coach um, and understand that not every single person also wants to feel optimized as such you may just want to be around for your kids longer and you may just want to you know be happier in your skin and be more confident who you are and you know maybe find yourself a bit more and that's everyone's journey is different so don't attach any of the information said today to you have to do it this way because it's not it's again finding yourself within the journey if that makes sense that's what we need to figure out oh that could be a second title Cool, right? <laughs> it's brilliant <laughs> absolutely sam i've really appreciated your time thank you very much it's been a pleasure thank you very much um and yeah we'd love to do it again i'll see you soon thank you for listening to today's podcast your reviews shares and followership is incredibly valuable to us if you'd like to know more about our work through coffee Carmen connection and how we can support you please email us at hello at coffee or follow us on social media. Thank you.